Hello. Welcome to Closed Door Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Mill Ivory. If you're looking for a non-judgmental, open and honest conversation about any and all things that are usually discussed behind closed doors, you're in the right place. Hello, 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 CDC fam. I'm not sure if you guys were able to tell by the title, but of course y'all know I'm going to tell y'all. So across the U.S., only I've found statistics for 2021, over tens of thousands of people were shot. They're shot in schools, they're shot in supermarkets, churches, offices, random street shootings. So, of course, I felt like that was a conversation that need to be had. So if you're afraid that the American landscape is no longer safe, believe me, our next guest understands. Um, yeah, like she said, my name is Minnie. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I am a professional. I'm an investigator. I'm for an insurance company. I do fraud, looking for fraud insurance. Um, I'm a mother of three. Um, thought to be one of those people that was just safe wherever they were to go and found out different. So thank you for listening to my story. Awesome. Awesome. I'm super, super excited. For A lot of times in America, people talk about shootings, but they talk about the victims um, and the deaths. They don't talk about the people that survived it. And so I feel like it's important for there for you guys to understand that even people that survive is still traumatic. It's still traumatic to them. It's traumatic to their family. It can change, completely change their way of life. So I'm gonna let you tell they store tell your story to the um closed door conversations fam before I get into it, Minnie. I'm not gonna even tell them nothing. You can share from beginning to end of what you want to what you want to share with them again guys this was a a random act of violence i know y'all hear about drive-bys y'all hear about people randomly getting shot minding their damn business but yeah she's going to share her story and i'm super excited well thank you thank you um woke up a regular saturday morning um september 18th to be exact got up and I had to go by a friend's house to pick up some paperwork, went by her house and I was like, okay, well, I had plans to meet um, my fiance for lunch. So I was going out to uh, meet him at one of our favorite restaurants, which is walk-on. Um, it was Southern University's first home game, go Jaguars, three time <laughs> graduate. Um, so I knew with it being the first home game, it was going to be crazy trying to get to the interstate because in order to get to the interstate, that's the way to go, go to Southern. So when I tell you it was a split second decision to say, you know what, I'm not going to go towards Southern. Let me make this left and let me go down Plank Road. Plank Road, one of the Busiest streets. Busiest streets in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Listen, what people don't know is people know about Boosie and Kevin Gates, but what they don't know is most of Boosie videos is 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 filmed over there. So, you know, they may not know about Southern University, but if they went to a Boosie bash, they'd be in a Southern University. And it's just absolutely (laughs) what it is. You know, 
it's look, so funny because you say I'm trying that. to think of that video. It's like two videos yeah. I've seen. I'm like, he on Plank Road. Like, <laughs> yes. He didn't. Yes, so, absolutely. anyway, um, go ahead with your story. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Look, I was going to say, if they don't know about Boosie, I know they didn't heard about Bella Noche. If you can't go to Bella Noche, where the hell can you go? That's on Plank Road. Okay? Right. So, right. literally turning down, made that left. Going down plank where I was on the telephone, hand to God, I was on the phone. I had just told somebody I was talking to. I'm like, you know, God will never put more on you than you can bear. And we were just talking. And I kid you not. I came to the stop sign. I'm sorry, the red light where McDonald's is. McDonald's was on my um, left. And there's this place called Hooked Up Chicken. Now, you probably remember when we were younger, it was where the Wendy's was on Plank Road. They right up the, the street. You know, greedy. Right chicken. up the street so from our I'm spot, the Krispy Kreme. Yes, ma'am. That's exactly where it's at. Right up the street from there. Listen, y'all, I didn't give y'all this context because I know y'all be talking junk about me and my family, but y'all know this is my little cousin. So that's why y'all already know I'm from Texas and we have a lot of family in Texas and Baton Rouge, Louisiana and Slidell, Louisiana and all them good places. So y'all already know this. So this is my cousin. Like we grew up. There was my roadie when I used to be in BR. So I wasn't going to tell y'all that because I was just going to let y'all hear the story. But y'all know I like to get y'all close and up personal, but there'd be how y'all get the best conversations because I'd be comfortable with these guests and i just be telling everything but i'm yeah. sorry Minnie. go it's ahead girl okay. <laughs> so you know you know i am not one of those people you know i went to school i have an associate bachelor's and master's all in criminal investigation so i'm not one of those people that i feel like i have to look over my shoulder you know when i'm writing but because of my degrees, I am always aware of my surroundings. So I saw this white car, just basically when I'm stopping at the red light, I look in my rearview mirror and I see a white car slow down. I'm like, slowing down. Then I look out of my side view mirror and they really like, they were creeping. I'm still on the phone talking and I'm hearing pow, pow, pow. Mind you, I used to be a probation and parole officer. So I know what gunshots, what, what shots sound like leaving from me. Absolutely. Shots coming at you, totally different sound. And now I'm hearing this pew, pew. I'm telling oh. the lady, oh my God, they're sh shooting over here. They're shooting. I'm literally moving back and forth in my chair as if I'm dodging bullets, not realizing that they actually are shooting at my car. Did not realize my back window shot out. How I realized they were shooting at me is because my front window of the driver's side shattered. And I said, oh my God, they just shot my car. Heard another shot. Oh my God, they just shot me. And I'm like, oh, they gotta think I'm somebody else. When I tell you, I hit on, I think because I didn't move like right then, I think they thought I was dead. I think they thought they had me. But I when when I when I came to I just said, you know, I, I stepped on the on the accelerator and I turned into there's a check cash in place on the right hand side. I turned into that and I stopped when I got towards the back because it's like a one way in, one way out. And I said, they got to think I'm somebody else. Let me get from back here because I saw what they turned and went on the side of McDonald's between McDonald's and Regions. I would like to tell it was a white car nothing else and I was like oh my god let me get from behind this building just in case they turn around 
and come and finish the job because they see that I'm driving. I'm not dead. Right. So I get around to the other side of the building. I mean, I couldn't let my window down because it was shattered. So it wouldn't go down. I can see out of my back window, but it still wasn't a clear path for me to turn. So they had one bullet hole that I'm looking out my window trying to see like, oh my God, I don't want to cause a wreck. Oh my God, I don't want to cause a wreck. I'm shot. Right. So I finally like, okay, I think I can go. I don't see any cars. I turn out and remember where the Piggly Wiggly used to be at? That's on, the store. That's where I turned in. Okay. McDonald's is right here. You guys, Piggly's on the left hand right side. There. Okay, got gotcha. you. On the right hand side. Let me the see. movie theater was I'm on backwards. the left-hand side that gotcha. we used to go to. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So I turn in my crazy stuff. So the lady home on the telephone, was she's like, you want me to call the police? I'm like, yes. I said, she was like, where are you? I said, I just turned into the Piggly Wiggly. So she hangs up on me. You would think I would call 911. Mm-hmm. You know, I call my fiance. I'm like, babe, hey, I just got <laughs> shot. Wait, that ain't funny. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's funny to me now because it was, look, he said, what? Where are you? I said, I just turned into Piggly Wiggly. He was like, I mean, it's, it's shopper's value now. I'm like, I just turned into the shopper's value. He was like, hang with the phone and call the police. Hang with the phone. So I hang up the phone. I call 911. And it's like, what's going on? I, I said, I was just a victim of a drive-by shooting. Where are you? Police station is right down the street. So I'm on the telephone with them, telling them everything. The, um, the first responding officer pulls up. Because by this time, I didn't got out my car and I'm just walking around and I'm looking like, oh my God, I, I, I just got shot. Right. And the lady was like, is there anybody with something clean, a t-shirt, a towel, something that you can put on your wound? And they had another lady that was looking at me because they was looking at me crazy like, what is she doing? And I got out, the lady said, ma'am, are you okay? I'm like, I just got shot. Somebody just drove past, you know, on the side of me and just started shooting. She went live and she was like, it's a shame. Y'all got to stop doing this. This lady was minding her own business and they then just drove up and started shooting at her. How did that make you so feel though? How did that make you feel that you're sitting Girl, there victim, that you're victimized and someone goes live? Like I see that kind of stuff all the time, but I never had the opportunity to ask a victim in that moment. Did, did it even bother you? Cause you wasn't thinking. In that moment, it did not bother me. But in hindsight, afterwards, like, oh my God, this lady went, she went live, you know, showing my vehicle, showing me, you know, and I'm just like, but at the time, I just couldn't think. So I put the the rag on me to to slow it down or whatever. Um, one point I forgot to tell you, when I was sitting behind the check cashing place, I tell when I told the story, I tell people. I felt, you know how that feeling when you go into the hospital and you're cold and they bring a warm blanket and they wrap it around you? Right. That's what I felt as if somebody had wrapped a blanket around me and it, it, I had such a peace about myself. Girl, that, that was God. That, that was yeah, God. You already yes, know. Yeah, step, baby, yes. Yes. And I'm talking about, just had this, this immediate peace about myself. So when I was out there... See, when you walk with the Lord, baby, your walk be different. Your walk is different when you walk with the Lord. different, honey. Right. Better ask somebody. So I'm on the telephone. The first, the responding officer pulls up. Mia, this man. He's like, who are you talking to? I said, I'm on the phone with 911. Girl, he grabbed my phone and threw it in in the back of my truck. He said, I am 911. I am 911. Oh, y'all police rude, though. He, oh, I would have. Girl, no, let me... but let me tell you. You know you got an apple, girl. Don't be throwing your damn phone. But go ahead. 
Good. He told me, he said, he said, Miss Howard, he said, he said, please let me apologize to you. He was like, when I drove up and saw all those bullet holes, he said, honestly, I thought you were in shock and that you were shot more than you realized. And your adrenaline was just pumping. And I needed to make sure you were you okay. only hit one time. He's like, he was like, I'm sorry. He said, I apologize. He said, but I have rolled up to um, drive by shootings with less bullets. And the person is dead. Oh, he yeah. said, so he said, I, I don't, he, he, he just was looking. He was like, one, two. And the part that gets to me is because I, I try not to, I try to block it out with everything that's happening. My children usually go everywhere with me. If I'm going to check the mailbox, mommy, we coming. Mommy, we coming. And just that day, and, and my oldest daughter, baby, that's my road dog. When I move, she moves. Just and like some, that. <laughs> some just told me, absolutely. Some just told me. So I told her, I said, no, no, you stay here with your brother and sister. Stay here. Don't, don't go. She was upset because she's like, mama, I always go with you. Mia, when I started looking at the bullet holes, the ones at the back, they shot out my back um, driver's side window, which is the side that my little girl sits on. My little boy sits on my back passenger side. There was a bullet hole that was uh, um, casing. A bullet was lodged in the door. He got <sighs> stuck. Where my oldest daughter sits in the front seat, a bullet went through my headrest and one Jesus. went through hers. You can see where the bullet went through the headrest, but at the angle it was at, because my daughter lays her head back. So it either would have um, nicked her spine, her spinal cord, or went straight through her neck. But it missed your head because you was rocking. You didn't even know why you I was, was rocking. Girl, I was rocking. And, and to this day, I'm looking, girl, I'm, I'm like this. Oh my God, they shooting over here. They shooting over here. And all I can think about is now is that was just God having me to miss some bullets. Because honey, they had one, in the door, the hole was so big that when I opened the door, that they, they told me that bullet should have went straight through me. When I opened the door to get out at the store. The Do you know what they were shooting fell. with, though? What were they shooting with? They, it was like two different guns. So it was more than one shooter. Oh, my goodness. But what I found out later, I guess because of the lady going, because the lady went live, Word got down the street to a barbershop that they just had a drive-by shooting at McDonald's, but they they realized they didn't shot up the wrong vehicle. There's a, a a turf war going on between, I'm talking about down the plank road is the middle of, mm -hmm. of the two neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And apparently somebody had a $30,000 bounty on their head that had the same color vehicle that I had. But my thing is, first off, don't do it. But if you're going to do it, Make sure you shoot the right person. They shooting you scary. You know they mean? shooting scary. They don't want to make yes. sure. They don't baby, want you. Thank God they was, <laughs> baby, thank God. So this is baby, why. Thank God they was a terrible shot. Well, this is why for me, it was important. I felt like it was important to have this conversation because I feel like people need to understand just because I did not die, I'm still a victim. Just because. I'm not the person. I'm not a gangbanger. Just because I live in a city, I hear about this all the time. You've been in Louisiana. I mean, you went to Texas for a little bit. You know, that's what we do. But you've been in Louisiana basically your whole life, right there in Baton Rouge. Yeah. And just because I'm in the city and I know what the crime rate is, 
right? Just because this is another example, just because I work on the other side of the law, I'm not an exception to the rule. You were a probation officer for years. You know what I'm saying? And now you're a private investigator. So at the end of the day, just because I'm not, my thing is just because I'm not involved with the things that go on, I'm not exempt to being being a victim of my society. that's, That's the whole purpose. So, and another thing is I wanted people to feel like, just because you're you're survived, which is I wanted to make sure you were finished with your story, because I know when I got the story, I got the, the hospital story and I got everything. So as you guys know, this happened in September again, and this is May. So it's still fairly fresh. But I will say for us and our families, we are strong black women because we were raised by strong black women. And we also all believe that we put God first in all that we do. This is a generational thing with us. It's something that we've always believed. And so because of that, she is able to sit here with me on my platform and tell my story in hopes that it'll help somebody else. It may not be Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It may not be Port Arthur, Texas. It may not be Houston, Texas. It may not be Slidell, Louisiana. I mean, I, I stay right now in South Carolina. Where I stay at, they, people be shooting. And there's a lot of little kids. As a matter of fact, they had a shooting last night where three people got shot. You know, it's important for people to understand you can be minding your business and still be a victim. But let's look further beyond that i'm not sure if they caught when you said i'm getting chill bumps now talking about it i want to because i'm sure there's somebody out there that that's been through it or had a loved one to go through it and they don't they don't get them right now they don't get how it changes because when situations like this happens they not only affect the victim they affect the family. They affect the friends. They ex- they affect your kids, your fiance, because you you I'm sure you doing Well, I know I'm trying not to tell the story about what I already know, but I want you to tell the people like how that affected you. What did you start doing differently? What you know what I'm saying? Because right. I'm, that affected, I'm sure, the way you move before you used to, you know, you was a probation officer. Now you investigate, you know, you could grab your piece. You safe. You good. You always feel like you can protect you. But what happens in a situation like this when it's unexpected and you're not you can protect you, but you not, were not put in a position to defend yourself. How does Absolutely. that change how you move as far as your lifestyle goes? Let me tell you now, and then this happened, and this is not something that happened at six, seven, eight o'clock at night. This happened at like 11 o'clock during the day. So it's like, do you become a recluse? What do you do? But I have kids, so I can't. I have to continue to go. But at first, loud noises. I have little kids. It, I, I was nervous all the time. My anxiety was high. Um, white vehicles. If I saw a white vehicle and it looked like it was following me, I'd turn off and go other places. Like, I, I just couldn't. I'm just starting to get better with white vehicles and with loud noises and being able to move. And now it's not so much the way I, that I move because now my fiance is like, I needed to run to Walmart last night and it was dark. And he was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. You know, you, no, no, I'm not there. You can't go to Walmart. I'm like, so, well, I have okay. to go to Walmart. So that affects, once you got over your fear, of just going out the house and and you still traumatize you still have some yes. traumatization as far as the vehicle do you clam up do you get 
or you just feel the eerie feeling or how does that affect you? Like I used to park anywhere. If there's a white vehicle, I, I don't park next to white vehicles anymore. Um, I could just be, like I said, driving now and I see a white car and my heart starts racing. I'm going to tell you, it's not funny, but it's funny. So, cousin, you know, we love Krispy Kreme. Mm-hmm. Fat asses. Mm-hmm. Yes, honey. Yeah, it's just a little bit more to love. But um, you know what? Cushion for the pushing, whatever. My babies wanted Krispy Kreme donuts, and I said, okay. Many of you, hold on. Many of you sit here and tell me Krispy Kreme got your ass out the house for the first time. I'm a fucking holler. Go, Lisa. My children. My children. Oh, it was. It wasn't KK. It was the kids. It was the kids. We gonna roll with that. We gonna roll with it. So let me tell you though, the thing is, you know, there's more than one way. Thank God to get to Krispy Kreme. I still to this day have not rolled back down that same path in front of McDonald's. I I, I don't, I avoid oh. going that way. So I went down um, Hollywood and there was a line and my baby told me, she said, mama, I can see your, your heart beating out of your chest. We oh. don't need the, we don't need the donuts. I was like, baby, we didn't came. I have to conquer this. Plus I wanted my donuts, but we got to conquer this. <laughs> and so... But said, you also was like, setting an example for your kids, though, that you can't let defi- you can't let certain things define you or define you in your absolutely. life or hinder you. But yes. it's crazy that you say that. So that was the next thing I was going to ask. How did that affect your kids and your fiance? But we already know how men be acting when they be acting protective. Yeah. But that just yeah. since we're talking about the kids and you in the car in that situation in that moment, did you already realize like little things they were doing or saying or acting differently? Or was that like an epiphany moment where it was like, oh my God, they really worried about me? Or are they really well, paying attention? My, two little ones, my little ones are too young to really realize. But that teenager, that teenager. Right. And, you know, remember I told you she was upset because I didn't let her go with me that day. How did Once she feel she about that out, when she, yeah. What happened with that? Tell the people. Because see, my fiance, Yes, my fiance called because Honey wasn't answering the telephone. He was trying to get in touch with Honey. Mm-hmm. And so he called Dariah. He was like, D, tell him to answer the phone. And so she was like, I'm sorry, y'all. Phone. For y'all who don't know who Honey is, that's my nanny. That's her mama. <laughs> 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 but go ahead. <laughs> she, you know, and she kept on saying, she was like, well, daddy, what's wrong? He was like, I'm going to call you back. I'm going to call you back. And when I made it home, because I, I said, I didn't want anybody to tell my daughter. I wanted to tell her because I needed her to see me. That even though I got shot, mommy is okay. Right. Because I know my I know my child. And right. if somebody said your mama got shot, it would have been a whole they would have called the ambulance for her. Yeah. So I said, do not tell her. Let me get home first. Isn't it amazing the strength that you gather as a mother? You got all this stuff going through with you. You didn't got shot, you at the hospital, and you still thinking about your child. Absolutely. You know, and I, I, I just, I, I thank God that I had the word all to tell her, no, you can't, no, you're not, not coming with mama today. And she, when I made it home and I told her the whole situation, I showed her the pictures. She was like, mama, thank you for telling me I couldn't go. She said, thank you for telling me no. She said, because mama, look at that bullet hole. Girl, girl, there. when you sent me that bullet hole, you know what I, I just immediately started praying, Father God, thank you for sparing her. Thank you, Lord, for sparing her. And it's crazy because the conversation we had was more or less like, 
like you can tell it was from a standpoint that we trust God because it was because you, you was like cousin he just wasn't my time and when he was like and I was like ain't mm-hmm. he good because he gonna come when he want to come for you Thank it was you. scary but yeah oh, I'm uh, sorry yep. let me oh. <laughs> and then the thing is so with my younger ones you know they knew something was going on but they just they didn't they don't understand it with my baby she understood now with my fiance I had to calm him down because he, he told me he was like everywhere car I see over there they about to get it and I'm like babe See that the listen. Why is that with us? Like even with me to this day, <laughs> I don't care how much I love God and how professional I am. You know, your man got to have a little thug in him now, just a little thug. Cause I need oh, to know. Baby, I need to know you're gonna be me. <laughs> right. I need you know we we low key thugs too. Cause our grandpa was Snoop and and, and Army okay. Joe. So you know <laughs> they don't get that. That's what you know. We got them little thugs in us too. Like. No, we mm. Dixons at the root. We Dixons at the root. We don't pump no Absolutely. goddamn Kool-Aid in our blood. And it's crazy because all the women are like that. But that makes a, us have to have a man that's going to be outspoken and, and fucking secure in himself and a little bit of a thug. Because if not, you're going to get ran the fuck over. Absolutely. But anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, but I had to calm him. His nerves like, no, you cannot do that. He didn't call his boys over there. Who you know beefing? Who got a car like my old lady car? Because I need to talk to him and see who he beefing with. So, babe, calm down. Right. We ain't trying to have no more tragedies because at the end of the day, you a good, honest, (coughs) excuse me. You're a good, honest, hardworking man. We want to keep you that way. I Absolutely. appreciate you wanting to protect me and uphold your duties as a man in the eyes of the mm-hmm. Lord and is mm-hmm. in, in my eyes. But I need you here with me and these babies <laughs> so you can continue Thank to protect and provide. <laughs> I get it. Please and believe I get it. But I'm uh, sure that's changed kind of how you. he's moved, right? Like how how did that change as far as our capacity of your relationship as far as you know I say this all the time I've never been in a relationship where I can't go where I want to go and do what the fuck I want to do but you know you're gonna respect your man at the end of the day so I'm sure like you you was telling me a story about Walmart go ahead and tell him what you were saying like how did change he didn't want you to go to the store <laughs> yeah are you not allowed to go out yeah, without him anymore like when the sun, <laughs> sun baby when the look and then it'd be so funny he'd be like how long are you gonna be? All right, come on, you make it way. Because you know, he works so far away. And he's just like, I, I, I just don't understand. Hey, you got shot and you still I, sit down, be still. You don't gotta do all that moving. They tell Walmart to drop the stuff off at the house. No, I wanna pick out my own stuff. They're not gonna <laughs> pick up my vegetables like I'm gonna pick them out. They're not mm. gonna pick my meat. Like now I, I, I order online all know, the time too, but so, not my meat and vegetables now. Mm-mm. You know, you can't do that. Right. So he was and more or less, he more or less went into my stuff. <laughs> yeah, bruising it and carrying up. You know how Madea was with us? You know, Madea, Madea picks him up and flip that shit 360 and go back the other way and, and think about it. And you. you know, we used to hate taking Madea to the store going with her when we mm. were together. Oh Jesus! But anyway, that shit didn't rub off on us. Now that we didn't got <laughs> yes, because maybe I'd be like, oh, watch my bread. Don't you? Don't, I don't 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 put that on top of my bread. God, that'd be so funny. Because I used to be like, bread is bread. I'm gonna eat it regardless. But now I understand. Look, I don't you, want my bread. And you don't want to be cooking with your vegetables if mm. they ain't fresh and stuff. <laughs> 
It's hilarious how we turn it into our people. Oh but, <laughs> but I'm going to stay on subject. So basically, did that affect the dynamic in your relationship, though? Because you knew that he had your best interest at heart. But there was some shit that you wasn't used to. You know what I'm saying? Right. So did that cause problems in your relationship? Actually, honestly, it didn't. It didn't because it was just funny. It was funny to see him in that capacity where he had always been a protector because he was military. But so he's always been protected. But the difference is he also know you got you. He know you Absolutely. got your peace. He know you know what I'm saying. So is his protection is more for you, and it's so crazy because when it comes to so many people in our family, as far as my female cousins, you and I are so similar. We both have the criminal justice degrees, and we both like I can take care of myself physically. I'm not afraid to hold a gun. I'm not afraid to shoot a gun. Like most right. of the time, I, it's the mental protection that I need from my spouse to help me because yep. I'm so strong headed and I'm such a strong person and I take on so much. Did that, yes. did that change though for you after you got shot being as though you weren't in a position to protect yourself or felt like, damn, you didn't yeah. even think that you could go over in your glove apartment and get your goddamn gun and start capping back. Like what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Like what went through your mind after that? I'm telling you because you get to this point you know how when you watch like the first 48 and they be asking, well, give us a description and it'd be like, it happened so fast. And I used to be, that's just what I used to do. Um, I always compare the first 48 with the situation that happened with my kid's father when he got murdered. And I'm going to tell that story on this platform one day. But I always felt like we was in the first 48, how they was just walking up to us, asking us all these questions. Everything all roped off and shit. Like, And I'm telling you, and, 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 and coming from a criminal justice background, I was so pissed with myself because I'm like, how you didn't get the, the how, how they look? How you didn't get the license plate number? How you didn't get the making of my, all I could say was it was a white car. Um, it was about the size of a Camry or uh, um, an Avalon or a Honda. It, it was about that size of a car. Do that make you more so understand? Excuse me. Does that make you more understanding with other victims though? Because it's like, what was it? A, a black male? Right. <laughs> it was just like the same stereotypical stuff and Absolutely. so you you got them running around how did that make you feel and this is a little off topic but it's not off topic because i'm just i'm you know how i am we we have to we have to um navigate for the culture but mm -hmm. how did that make you feel as a black woman can uh, the only description you could give them was a white sedan and some black males like i did as a black woman did you feel like Damn. Because I couldn't even tell them it was black males. I just said it was somebody black. I couldn't tell it was a man. I couldn't tell it was a woman. See what I'm saying? All I could tell them was it was a white car about the size of a camera or a Honda Civic or something like that. And it's just like, oh my God, how could you not? You you have taken this course in, 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 in class. How many classes have I taken? Well, you forgot all your professional training because it was a real women. life. Oh. It was a real life situation. Like you literally forgot. And then stuff like that Absolutely. made me, you know what? Just you saying that made me think about, I remember when Papa Joe was trying to originally teach me how to shoot a gun. He said, the first thing I'm going to teach you is how to load that clip. Because that need to be a muscle thought. When you can't mm -hmm. think, your muscles still need to know how to load that clip. Absolutely. 
you know what I'm and so you don't you don't realize that even with training things like that you you don't think about it because at this time you're no longer an investigator or a probation officer you're a victim at this point absolutely like I told you I have been to the gun range so many times and the dip I mean when you shoot a gun it's loud but when I tell you there is nothing no sound that I can compare to bullets flying past you that's that's a true that's a real that's a real sound I heard that real sound I've heard that and so does that traumatize you though like if you hear something else sound similar to that do, do are you let's see do you feel, I feel like anxiety I okay feel let me I'm trying to try and think the best way to work this do you think you were desensitized to the crime in the city because you've always been there you know it's happening you see it on the news all the time but you've never been directly affected right because yeah. I'm always on the other side I'm on the other side of the tape Right, but investigating it, but right. I never had somebody had to investigate my problem, my scenario, and it. I was desensitized. You get like that after a while. Not you only, know? I mean, did you feel like, like you said, you asked why me? So part of that being desensitized, did you feel like, what the fuck, me? <laughs> like, are right. you serious? But then these are the moments, though. These are the moments, which is why I feel like it's important to have this conversation. These are the moments when people need to realize no one's exempt. You know what they used to tell us all the time when people used to be fighting and stuff and we used to want to go to the movies. A bullet don't have a name on it. There it is. A bullet do not have a name. And the older you get, the, the more, more you realize that. Yes, ma'am. The more you realize that. And it is absolutely true. So before, because I think before I end this conversation, I do just want to um, give you an opportunity to share with people. Is there anything that you can give a person um, words of encouragement that's been through this type of situation or, and you may have two different takes on it as far as giving them information, as far as their loved ones, like what information that you feel like in hindsight, if you had a known ahead of time, you would have done different or, um, or you can give them with coping. Okay. Well, this is my thing. And I had to, I had to give this message to myself. I can't blame myself because it was a split second decision to make a left instead of going straight. Things are going to happen, but it's not what happens to you. It's how you come out on the other side. And please, whatever, please don't let anybody tell you that counseling is bad. Counseling helped me a great deal. Um, I probably went through 12 sessions of counseling and we just talked about things um, just to kind of talk through it because I wouldn't even mention it, but go to counseling. If you've been through it, you are blessed to be a survivor. You are blessed to be here to tell the story. Don't keep it to yourself. Get some help. It, it, it will help you cope. Because, like I said, it was a hard thing. Like, I still have moments where I can be driving and I see a car. It doesn't even have to be a white car. It it can be just a moment of me driving. Um, 
riding on the interstate parallel on the interstate, riding parallel to Plank Road where it happened at. Oh, because you're going to go over the overpass. All the way on the interstate. On the overpass, but, I, but you could see it. Plank Road yes, run right so. underneath all of that. Yeah. Mm. But so. get help. Talk to somebody. You know, mental health awareness was last month. Mental health awareness should be every month. I agree because with that. Because it's something that we, it's a stigmatism. It's, it's a stigmatism in black in the black community that, you know, oh, you must be weak if you're talking to it. No, you're not. You're just getting some issues resolved. And it's good to be able to talk to somebody who can pull it out of you. And then you're like, okay, well, yeah, that was an issue, but I'm working on it. Just continue to work on yourself. You know, if you're still here to tell the story, thank God that you're still alive, knowing that it wasn't your time, that somebody was looking out for you, an angel was on assignment, and get some help. Talk to somebody, and you'll be okay. Don't blame yourself. Don't blame. So the takeaway from that is, guys, the takeaway from that is if you are a victim, have been a victim or know a loved one, make sure that they know, make sure that you know that it's okay to talk to someone, it's okay to get help, and it's not your fault. And you and and my thing is, I always tell people, I tell people this, I preach this, I've always preached this to my kids because I am preached it to me. You cannot be responsible for the actions of others. You can only be responsible for your actions and your reaction to them. So I think that's so, so awesome. Minnie, I love you so much. Thank you for sharing your story with my people. And, you know, one other thing I was going to end this, but I was just thinking, one thing. So as far as the kids, how did you help them get to it? Or are they still a work in progress, get to a more comfortable place? My my daughter, like again, because the little ones, they don't really understand it right now. But my oldest daughter, you know, if I'm going somewhere, she's like, Mama, how long are you going to be there? Um, so I, we have a line of communication where we're texting and, hey, I'm I'm good. I'm okay. Um, I have a camera system inside the house, outside the house. So if I need to, you know, hey, jump on, you can see me, you'll FaceTime. But she's getting she's getting better because again, she does go mostly everywhere with me. But it's the, the constant communication, the constant assuring that, hey, mommy's gonna call you when I get there. I'll call you when I'm leaving. Damn, it's you got a long a lot of calls to make. You got to call the churn, you got to call bay, and I know okay. you got to call honey. Period. Girl, like. <laughs> period. Honey calls me all while I'm What's taking so long? I enjoy myself. How long are you gonna be? (laughs) How much longer? Like, okay, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and get my stuff and go. Okay, well, come when you make it home. You didn't know. Oh no, you can stay. No, come when you make it home. Oh, that's her way of saying get your ass home. Absolutely. And we know her language. <laughs> Some people don't. They have a certain language where honey always been the one. She don't try to tell you what to do. She make them damn strong ass suggestions. Like <laughs> very, very strong. Right. Very strong suggestions. So, guys, I really, really, really hope you were able to um, get something out of this conversation today. If you have not been a victim of random. Um, a random crime such as um, gun violence. If you know someone, like, share, let us know. Let them know that it's okay, it's not their fault. Minnie, thank you for sharing your story today. So I just want to let people. Yeah. So as you guys can see today from the conversation, when describing a social problem such as gun violence and random acts, 
where people are involved or random victims of gunfire, caught in the fire, rather it's a drive by, rather whatever it is, like it's so much stuff. People have to realize they focus on the numbers. People in America focus on the numbers and not the victims. So this conversation was to bring awareness to this type of situation so that people can understand that traumas such as what we have talked about today caused by gun violence is destructive, is very destructive in the community, especially in the black communities. It not only affects the victims, but it also affects their friends, their families, either their immediate families or their families that states away praying for them like, oh, my God. It affects your neighbors. It affects your community because you move differently. Like her whole life has changed. As many told y'all today, she literally avoid that street. Like, you know, she get panic attacks when she see white vehicles. People just don't realize that gun violence is systematic, is a trauma, and it is permanent. It impacts all of your social and interpersonal interactions from that point moving forward. It's amazing how she could tell you every single detail about what happened to her, but she couldn't give you details about who did it to her. That lets you know the shots of the fire, the ringing of the shots she'll never forget. She told me the exact time. Did y'all catch the exact time and the exact date that this happened to her? A lot of people don't realize that mental health affects can be affected by gun violence. Victims of gun violence is so, as she stated, mental health is so, so important. Any closed door conversation, anybody that's part of the CDC fam, y'all know how I feel about mental health. So we're not going to even get into that conversation. But again, as she stated, if you are a victim of any type of violence, it's not your fault. You're just a victim. But what you can do, you can't control what they done. You can control what you do. So make sure that you seek help talk to somebody and just stay strong and just remember is not their actions, but how do you say it's how they overcome on the end? It's how you, it's how you come out. What happens to you, but how you overcome it, how you come out of it, how you come out of it. Yeah. So, yep. That's what we're doing. CDC fam till next time. Thank you for tuning in to Closed Door Conversations Podcast, a place where no topic is off limits, no filters will be applied, and no judgment will be allowed. Yes, this is the end of the show, but it's definitely not the end of the conversation. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. To get even more involved and more exclusive content, join our Patreon community. The conversation continues. Till next time.